I am unashamed. What about you? So over the New Year's, we were kind of not doing regular podcasts. We're now kind of back into full, full go mode. But Jace, I noticed your uh, your one of your Christmas presents, or maybe it was your Christmas present. <laughs> it was. Was uh, I mean, my wife? She pulled a stunt. She's yeah. like, nobody buy anybody any Christmas presents this year in our family. I mean, like our family. So it was like, okay. <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, it's during duck season, so I'm already at a statistical disadvantage. I mean, when do I got time to go Christmas shopping? Then you have all this with the coronavirus, so then you're like, do are we still wearing the mask? Because I'm not, I haven't been out in public, so right. I don't even know what the state of everything is. But she come up with the idea, the reason is, so it gets Christmas morning, we kind of have a tradition, you know, I cook breakfast and everybody gathers around the fireplace and the tree and we have a great breakfast and we usually exchange gifts, but there were no gifts. Nobody bought anything. <laughs> and she's like, okay, the reason I asked that is because we're taking the whole family to a Monday night football game. New Orleans Saints are playing the Miami Dolphins. But I immediately thought, it's duck season on Monday. <laughs> and she said, I know what you're thinking, babe. And then I, it was like, did she just read my mind? <laughs> so you thought uh, it. Because she... I thought this is, and she said, this is duck season. So I got a private plane. So then I was thinking, oh, my goodness, this, this Christmas present just got expensive. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but now you know why she said don't buy it. That's why she yeah. said nobody buy. But I but you know, I had to ask her later. I was like, what did that have to do with them? Are they all contributing to this to this venture? She's like, No, me and you are paying for it. I was like <laughs> failing to see the I know Welcome it's Welcome to my world, Jason. So I went buying your own presents. I said, I know it. So then she finished my sentence. It's better to give than receive. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but they're, what are they giving? <laughs> they're like, giving you their presents. But then that would make us receiving. Yeah. I said, but what about each other? <laughs> and she's like, no, this is what we're doing this year. I was like, okay. I like a woman that takes charge. <laughs> So we did. So you it, went to the game. It was actually, you know, what the most impressive thing was, because because what happened was COVID. All of a sudden, both the starters for the Saints had both twenty two players were out. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize it was. So that. we we're hearing this going down. So I'm like, well, so I guess they lost. They did. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were lucky to score one field goal. <laughs> It, no, was, that was, it was an ugly game. You know, I thought about y'all being there. I thought, oh, oh man. Yeah. But we, 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 she did it right. But the atmosphere, I mean, it was still a, looked like a packed house. Packed. And we had a sweet, I mean, it was when she went. She went all out. She went all out. I've never, one time, one other time, I watched the LSU Texas game in a suite. And I was just a guest there. Well, and then, I was and the, then the only, the year the LSU won the national championship at the Texas game when really, that there was a single play in that game. You hardcore football fans will remember. It was third and seventeen. Jefferson came across the middle. Yep. Late in the game, zero blitz. Everybody they brought the house. Burrow kind of on one leg, throws it. Jefferson catches it. First down. Pinballs. Couple got touchdown. From that moment on. LSU was unstoppable. That's right. They never looked back. Because it looked like they were going to lose that game. So if you were at that game. I look, was there. It was, you were at the, I was you at were the, at the LSU Texas I was. Well, I, look, wasn't in, I wasn't in your suite, but I well, was there. I you, was one row from well, look, the top If you'll think state. back, it was the most eerie silence. Oh. And look, and I was, I didn't realize, because I was in a suite with all Texas fans. And I had... Behave myself the entire time. Oh, that would have been tough. I mean, this is. I this, was in the LSU look, section. I bumped into uh, McConaughey, McConaughey, McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. I bumped into him in the elevator going up to Did the Did he suite. say, all right, all right, all right? He just kind of looked at me and <laughs> nodded. 
<laughs> and I kind of nodded at him, and that was it. But I knew he was a big Texas fan, and I figure he thought I was a homeless guy lost, you know. But but he gave he me a nod. He might have known who you were. So I don't know. He's you know he's from like Longview, Texas. So then I hear this voice, one voice, just loud, and then I realized it was me. <laughs> I had stood up, and I was just. <laughs> hollering at the top of my lung. And when I turned around, all the people in Was there, just, they were just looking at me like, we, we hate would you. really like to kill you right now. I just felt hatred. And so I just sat down. Because the mayor, I was, I was mad. Well, it was different for me, Jace. You couldn't hear us from where you yeah. were, but we were. they stuck all the LSU fans way up in the end of the stadium up high. But it was Bedlam where I was. But yeah. it was just, it was so few of us, you know, you couldn't make Well, it. I was so angry because they took the Tiger band and they stuck them up in the top row. Yeah, they were up there. And right, I couldn't even hear them. They were right in front of me. <laughs> oh, wow. Boy, that's dedication. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I was literally at the top of the stadium. I was like, these are the worst seats I've ever So here's had. what's funny. You know, when you do the plane thing, you go all out. And I get it. I mean, Missy's like, this is a once in a decade present. I mean, we're just doing it. I was like, okay, babe. And uh, and so <laughs> we had a pickup time for the flight because we didn't factor in, well, what if we just get stomped and the game is over in the third quarter? Because everybody left except the Miami Dolphins fans and us. <laughs> and so we Right, because you had a car pickup. So, yeah, you... so that's when you appreciate living in Louisiana and you realize because we had catered jambalaya, shrimp and grits, uh, some other kind of shrimp dish they had. Was it good? Oh, it was it was phenomenal. Which I I said to, I and told, they just I, cook it at the super. Oh, I told her I was like, you know, of all I don't like to eat out. I don't like to eat at a ball game. I don't because you know it's what is it? It's a bunch of processed food that's way overpriced. But when you're in New Orleans, I told her I said I feel pretty good about what way. they're fixing to shovel out here, and that jambalaya was as good as ours. Yep, it had a little heat to it. It was good. I said, find something to package up the rest of it. She's like, we're not carrying that back home. Oh, that When was, you go to was... an LSU game, you know, you got the little standard old thing with the hot dogs and the hamburgers and the popcorn. But then right next to it will be a big Zatarans or some other company. And you got boudin balls, alligator sausage, jambalaya, meat pies, I mean, one thing, good thing, you go to a game in Louisiana, you didn't like well, other, other I try to explain this to people because I'm like, I'm more of a Louisiana fan. We're from here. This is our place. So I, you know, I like to support right. Louisiana. And so I, I felt more like whether we won or lost, it was it was just fine. It was we're all. So mom home. is a huge football fan, but then she's a huge Saints fan on top of that. And she, so she got. One of the things Missy gave her a ticket, yeah, which was funny because mom was like, "What is?" She that? didn't even know what it was. <laughs> she got a ticket. She opened it and just quickly set it aside. And I thought, just like that oh, and the echo. I leaned over to Missy. I said, "She doesn't know <laughs> what that means." That's and right. so I said, "Okay, what what was that you got?" And she said, "I, I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> and, and she was going to put it right over there where the stuff her dad doesn't yeah. know into the black hole in between their chairs. So finally, Missy told her. Well, then she was cackling, and but she couldn't go because the same reason the Saints couldn't field a team. She she was had been a little sick. She got tested and she had COVID. I guess she had the Omicron. So yeah. she just came out of court. I think quarantine. it's Omicron. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the latest. But yeah. she uh, but she didn't. She did well. She didn't get super sick, which no, is no good. Problem. You never got sick of that from the no. Well, you know what's amazing now is because now the people who were vaccinated, they're the ones getting it. Right. Kay was vaccinated. She got it, and I'm like, but but you just it's not as bad, right? If you get it, but I was around Kay. I haven't got it. Uh, so Mike, the guy I preach with, he's had the vaccination, both shots, and a booster. And he's had COVID twice. He got it last year, and then he just got it again. So I'm beginning to think the science 
is not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> or at least is I not mean, really decided what the science is. I think it seems just... we have an evolving situation here. <laughs> so right. quit pointing fingers and let's just come together and do the best we can. Because I just I'm not seeing a pattern that makes sense. Well, I know this was more good news I heard today coming out here that they found another variant in I think it's France. This time, and they hadn't even named it yet, so it'll be another Greek letter. So, I, I guess I mean to just, be clear, I guess we're just going to have them down. When this first started, I, I was really for trying to take care of the elder, elderly or right. people with because a lot of pre, people died. I yeah, mean, pre-existing yeah. conditions, and yeah, but a lot of people died who didn't have pre-existing conditions, right. which goes to the randomness. And then all of a sudden, all these variants started coming and. And the vaccines are not seeming to work. They're like, well, if you hadn't had the vaccine, it would have been worse. And I'm like, well, how do you know that? They're like, well, we think that. <laughs> I mean, it, you're they're literally just flying by the seat of their pants as Correct. we go along, which has been our point the whole time. I mean, there has been diseases since the dawn of humanity here. Even and Leviticus it, says, don't mess with owls, hawks, or bats. <laughs> don't mess with bats. <laughs> Well, okay. See, that's going way back. So, I mean, that's the that's the well, Torah. Yeah, that. Yeah, but Phil, what if they are detestable? What if a dozen bats move into your house, like what happened to me? Kill Guess, them all. Well, kill I didn't all. kill any, but it's probably illegal. I had to, to mess with them because they mess with did you me. Get, did you get the virus? No. Oh, did I get the coronavirus? He, yes. He did I, have coronavirus. I had it. Oh, that's I had, what I thought. I had, you mess with bats. That's, that's why Leviticus was written. <laughs> and Dad hadn't messed with any bats. So I don't mess with any bats. <laughs> but ultimately, I that's know. That's some new science if, right here on Unashamed. I've tried to give some spiritual wisdom. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I know this, that while we can take every precaution with the wisdom that we have and try to make the best of a terrible situation, I know ultimately that the one I'm following and who is looking out for me and loves me, the Lord above, has the power to heal diseases, yep. to cure illnesses, to raise the dead. Yep. So ultimately, I'm going to keep the big picture in mind so that I can. I got a verse for you, Jess. I you, can you have You sparked me to a verse. Oh, Hebrews oh, 2, 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. If, if we trust in Jesus and that we're going to be resurrected because something we're going to die unless he comes back. That's right. So that my approach has been just what Jay said from day one of when this all started I, you know, I've done what I've been asked to do to try to help other people, but me internally, just for Al's sake, oh, Al, I'm not worried about it. I don't sit around fearful. I don't, nope. I mean, I am not being driven into no, fear and, uh, by anything. You know, I had a family member, Mrs. Grandma, she died from coronavirus complications and right. she was in had complete, a few in church I, too. she was in complete isolation or a mask. And still got it. So, I, you know, no one went near her. And so, I mean, she's in a nursing home type type thing. I don't know if it came through the vents or but whatever. But she had her own little place. It wasn't like she was living with somebody else, yeah. you know, or maybe the nurse. But still there, have mask on and gloves. And so I'm like, here's somebody who you did every precaution but she was over 90 years old. She was a great um, woman, a great Christian great, woman. Yeah, I can I'm guarantee like, you she she went to heaven not worrying about it. Unless no. the so, I mean, it. it was unfortunate. But I'm just, I'm even saying that even when precautions were taken, it just seems like there was nothing you could do. Or that shutting the country down is a good idea. It's yeah. not. Bad move. Bad move. You know, do, the, do your best, but trust in Jesus. That's the answer. Let's take yeah. a break. So a lot of people uh, don't cook like we cook. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know, it seems to be kind of a 
something that's changed in our culture. Um, I don't know. They just don't spend the time. Uh, some people do it for fun, but that also has opened up some doors uh, for companies to be able to have these meal kits that they'll send straight to your house that are really good food. And so one of our sponsors uh, is a group called Martha Stewart and Marley Spoon. And what they've done is they put together really delicious, uh, convenient meals. You can cook them in about 30 minutes, uh, get you all the premium ingredients that are really good. It's high quality, uh, which is excellent. So if you don't really like going to the grocery store and you're not much on cooking, uh, these folks can really help you and have some great meals for you. So you, here's what you do. You go to marleyspoon.com, use the code Phil. You're going to get $120 off your first five boxes. So it's a good deal. Marleyspoon.com, use the promo code Phil. $120 off. You get to enjoy delicious meals from Martha Stewart every day of the week. Check them out. So uh, last time we were talking about the Great Commission, which is the end uh, of Matthew. And, uh, and as I said, it's really the key to the kingdom. And I wanted to jump over today to start in. I want to start in Acts 1 because we've already studied the book of Acts. But you remember Acts 1 is just the same instance that's happening in Matthew 28. I mean, they're on this mountain. Jesus is about to leave. And so in Acts chapter 1, he gives them a little more details about the Great Commission. He gives them exactly what they're supposed to do. And so he says in verse 4, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And he's talking about, he spoke about it back in John 14, 15, and 16. The gift is the Holy Spirit. It's going to come on them with power, which is going to start the kingdom and the church in particular. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, an outpouring. You know, just like you're immersed in water, the idea is they're immersed with the Holy Spirit. And it's a, a powerful event that's going to happen. And so <laughs> we talked about this before, but they still don't quite get it. Is it, Lord, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're still thinking physical piece of land where they're the rulers. And uh, so he says, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria. So you kind of imagine you're moving out geographically and to the ends of the earth. And then, of course, he leaves, you know, like a without a rocket booster, his dad says. So what that started when the Holy Spirit does come on him in the next chapter, in chapter 1 and chapter 2, and then Peter preaches that first sermon, and you have the gift of language that he uses to do it. The first community, so we talked about the Great Commission last time, but this is what I call the Great Community, the community of what would be known as the Lord's Church, which is just a called-out group of people, is going to start. So the eleven turns into a hundred and some, some odd that wind up in that room, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes. And then that hundred and some odd becomes 3,000 more once Peter preaches the first, you know, sermon that includes, you know, the story about Jesus. So some of the very people that put him to death were in that crowd, which I've always thought about that. Just think about the first group of people in. Mm. Some of those were the very ones that took part mm. in killing Jesus. You know, although he didn't really, they didn't really kill him because he gave That's his life. That's why they were cut to the heart. That's right. Well, don't and, you, and who wouldn't be, right? When you, well, when you realize in that moment that uh, we took part in killing our Savior. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't you think it's interesting, though? A lot of people who believe that the kingdom is still yet to come, and there's a lot of people on our planet who believe that. Yep. Why is Jesus telling them? in Matthew 28, to go make disciples of all nations. If we're just going to, if we're waiting for the because it's, I mean, there's, 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 the sense is there's some urgency here. Yeah. He's like, go make disciples. You'll receive power when it comes on. So he leaves after 40 days post-resurrection. The power is unleashed in Acts 2. There's no denying that. I mean, they were heard the sound of 
this mighty wind, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire come down on God's chosen here. Mm -hmm. And one of the chosen, Peter, stands up and shares exactly what was told him by Jesus in the Great Commission. You go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. So they say, well, what do we do? Well, he baptized them mm-hmm. right then. Right. And I just always find it fascinating that people, why, why are we out sharing Jesus? Why were they sharing Jesus if this was way off in the future? It's like if, yeah. if there's going to be some kind of situation where now we have the attention, the kingdom's going to be a established after this earth is gone. So that's why I think when Jesus brought heaven and earth together, he made it possible for humans to actually be a part of his kingdom where he reigns while we're still on the earth through his Holy Spirit. Right. Because where God is, there's power. There's there's reigning. Right. So when you get to Revelation, it makes sense. Verses like Revelation 5.10 that says... Uh, we shall reign on the earth. Well, people always say, "Well, yeah, one day," because I'm not reigning now. Well, why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it be now? Right. You have the Spirit. You're making disciples of all nations. How are you doing that? You're sharing Jesus, just like He did. To me, that's the connection that explains. Because they ask the question, "Well, when's the when are you going to restore the kingdom?" He's like, "Oh, you're fixed to receive some power." <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talk about the kingdom. He they asked about kingdom. Yep. He talked about power that's and right. witnesses. Well, that's the same thing he said in Matthew 28. I think if you make those three connections, the Matthew 28 Great mm-hmm. Commission, the Acts 1, the question about the, when the kingdom, and Acts 2, the spirit being just unleashed. And then at the first chapter of every letter that follows Acts, yep. he says something about the kingdom. Yep. I'm, I'm, you're like, just or take, uh, just pick one. Uh, what's let's say Colossians in in chapter one? I forgot exactly what it says, but what does it say about the kingdom? I think it's chapter you one. You still have verse. Colossians in there? Yep. Yeah, it's in here. Al. <laughs> he We're brought still. us into the kingdom of the one he loved. Felt great. Yep. In twelve, listen to this. So now we got letters after Acts two. He says, uh, "You're growing in the knowledge of God." Verse ten, being strengthened with power, same power. That he said you're going to receive the chosen. Now we got just people who happen to live at a little town called Colossae. So that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us, not, not we'll bring, that's right. Brought us. How could they have been brought into the kingdom if the kingdom was not there? <laughs> he brought you into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness Game, of sins. Game, set, match. Plus, remember that predictive passage in Matthew 16, where Jesus tells Peter, when he says, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he says, Blessed are you. You because know, my father was the only one that could have revealed that to you. That didn't come from men. Then he said, you will receive the keys to the kingdom. And, and of course, we know the unlocking of that happened. Peter was the one who did it. What's yep. interesting is Peter, and that just that wasn't his only role. You know, Jay, you mentioned that about the baptizing all, you know, all nations and going to all nations. But the church didn't want it. Their community was so tight that people were coming to Jerusalem and they were the ones being converted, but they were all Jews when the church didn't want to go anywhere because there was a lot, you know, but that's what happens sometimes in community. Things get so good. You know, like, well, we don't care about everybody else, but God, right. he, God had already planned that they were going to go. So guess what happens? They start getting persecuted. He bust, bust, busted it up. And when the persecution came under the hands of Saul, who would then be converted and become Paul, that's what sent the church out. Yeah, one way to stop the persecution he just fly down here and meet him personally. Because <laughs> yeah. I noticed he never argued with him. 
<laughs> no. Like, wait a minute, who are you? <laughs> no. He said, I'm the one to persecute. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> who are you, Lord? And we're like, well, I'll tell you one thing. No. <laughs> no. The time for debating was over. Yeah. Because he said, I am the one. Who He's thinking right. at this point, I am under the gun. That's right. But in the next chapter, in Acts chapter 10, it's interesting because Paul, he tells him, you're going to be my emissary to the Gentiles, which to me is almost like the the ultimate punishment and uh, reward because, I mean, he's a hardcore Jew. The last thing he wanted to do was spend time with a yeah, bunch of Gentiles. Go, go convert them heathen Gentiles. But that was going to be his job. But he didn't send them out first because he spent some time. He was three years in the desert oh, getting yeah. to know Jesus. So he sends Peter to Cornelius's house in Acts chapter 10. Because remember, he's the one with the key. So we've already unlocked it for the Jews. And that, that several years have gone by. Most scholars think about 10 years before he goes to, to the first and Gentile. he unlocks it for the Gentile. He unlocks it for the Gentile. And you had a yeah. similar experience. The Holy Spirit's poured out. People are you know speaking in these languages. Think and, about it. He did that despite all of... Uh, Peter's, you know, missteps. That's right. Deny Christ three times. Yeah. The night of his death. Come on back in. And then but, he's but, the one that unlocks the, the yeah. kingdom. But I bring this up. Hey, let's lot. take a break, Jay. So, Jay, so I was thinking about this. Do you think ducks ever worry about their feathers thinning, like maybe thinning yeah. feathers? Yeah. I think that's a worry in the duck because world. Because it's colder the higher you go in our atmosphere. Uh-huh. So even though, like a mallard drake has 10,000 feathers, if he lost a few hundred, that actually <laughs> probably would disturb his aerodynamics and it would make him really cold. Well, that's well, you know, uh, it happens with people uh, because uh, people are always worried about losing their hair. Same they, thing. Yeah, and some people have male pattern baldness. They lose it at a young age. And guess what? Their head gets cold. Their head gets cold. They have to cover it up. You're right. So if you're one of those guys and you'd like to keep as much hair as possible, you need to visit one of our sponsors, long-term sponsors. It's a company called Keeps. They have a doctor-recommended FDA-approved treatments uh, for your hair. Uh, you go online. You snap a couple of pics of your hair. There's going to be a doctor that's going to review all your info so it's safe. It's a good product. Comes straight to your door, uh, and they'll track your progress. So you get started by going to keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door, and you're going to get 50% off your first order just for being one of our listeners. So keeps.com slash door, keeps.com slash door, 50% off. Hang on to your hair. A lot of these people that I've talked with, they they believe that that Great Commission was only to the disciples and that it didn't that's not for us oh really huh. i mean i know it was for the disciples yeah. but i view that as just like i do the kingdom how they're applying the kingdom being for us i think the great commission was for us because to me it has to be a, well a lot of people this comes up i'll say well are you out sharing jesus like the great commission and usually they're they're not because they're thinking, well, the kingdom's going to be just established later. So then it gets to the question: oh, I see well, well, why point, why yeah. why are you here? Why why should there be an urgency about us sharing Jesus if none of this has gone down yet? It's a valid question because look, it's the only thing in this debate that seems to get people's attention. Because yeah. they think, well, I guess I should be doing that. Well, why aren't you? Because they don't believe you can have access to the kingdom of God yet. Yeah, that's yep. that's not a good way to think. Because remember what he told the disciples, Jace. He said, teach them, the ones who you disciple, to obey everything I've commanded you. I mean, that statement alone shows you that that would go down through all disciples, yep. not just for the original level. Yeah. Yep. But I, you're right. It's, the idea of urgency has to be there. It's like the old Billy Crystal line from when Harry met Sally. He said, when you decide to spend the rest of your life with someone, and he was talking about Meg Ryan, he said, you want the rest of your life to begin as soon as possible, <laughs> which was a great line. That's why I said I married Lisa from one week to the next. But that's true with Christianity, too. I mean, like, mm -hmm. once you've made a decision, you want to go all in, you want that decision to start now. You know, so let's don't wait around for anything. Why wait? Why are we here? 
Why only just do it? What's the purpose? What would be God's purpose for allowing time to continue? What could be the what? What are the possible scenarios? Try to try to save as many as you can. That's right. What else is there? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nothing. And think about how think about how meaningless your I've talked to thousands. We all have thousands and thousands. But how how much how how meaningless would our life be without this drive to show Jesus to people? I mean, I don't know. How would you did you see the problem? Is that's why I'm so against a group of people calling themselves a church and the church are sitting there paying one man to do the work of the kingdom. Woo. Cause yeah, that's to good. me, once you, once you're in, once you surrender and say, I mean, you have God's spirit. I think the the great commission has now applied. Yeah. Now we don't have to all do it the same way. Some, some may be missionary work to other countries. Some may be some doing, may be doing just a podcast, reaching out to the poor. Sure. But we got we find a way to get Jesus in people's hearts, and therefore they surrender. They receive God's spirit. The Lord adds them to the number. And even when things are bumpy, because we're headed to First Corinthians, can't be any more bumpy than that. That's right. No. <laughs> but to prove your point, Jason. Well, the Apostle Paul got it down. He said, look, when I was with you, I didn't do but one thing, preach Jesus, him crucified, raised from the dead. That's all I did. He said, yeah, yeah, and that, and that's all, that's he all says, you. which we'll we'll get there when we get to First Corinthians one. But he said, I don't, I don't even baptize people because I don't want you putting your faith in me. Yep. And so that tells you right there. I had bad. to watch. I had to watch the same thing. I know you, you did because when they were leaving, people were leaving shrines outside your gate. Yeah, they thought they thought I had some kind of special deal, but it, no, no, no special power here. So, Jace, to prove your point, Acts six. You remember when the disciples they were like. The church is growing. This community is getting big quickly, and but their their gift was they were the ones that were with Jesus, you know. So their gift was teaching, and they were the you know that was their role. So now all of a sudden you're having all these issues within the church. You got this widows here, and this one's not getting help, and this one. So they appointed men to take care of that. Which to your point about that's mm-hmm. our job is to be kingdom workers. So, and everybody has different, we talked about the Marys last time. Everybody has different roles yep. within that community. Of you, making disciples of all nations. It's, it's not, not just the pastor, but, you know but, I mean? But the church people aren't doing it any good, church leadership, when they, they come up with words, and you've heard my pet peeve on this before, but they'll say, well, some people have the gift of evangelism. And you say, do what? Evangelism. Not in the Bible. <laughs> It's an invented church word. Yep. You say, well, what does it mean? I mean, if I said that, what would what would be your first definition? Because it's not in the Bible. They go out and actually convert people. Well, I would say it's, it's the Great Commission. I mean, it's, Well, people say that's when you go out and you share Jesus. Well, when you have it into a category that only some people do, I think you've missed the whole point. Because yep. I think you know, evangelism technically would be something that an evangelist would do. Evangelist is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I would think if you had an ism, <laughs> well, you just nullified everybody else that's not an evangelist. <laughs> well, we don't want to do that. It's an interesting debate if you had this with somebody. Because they start thinking, you know, maybe that's not a good word. It's just something that they came up with to say, well, let, let's do some evangelism. So what do we do? Let's have a meeting, get a special speaker in. We'll share Jesus. See if we can bring some people to the Lord. That's evangelism. Well, shouldn't we be doing that every day? <laughs> Which, <laughs> we think it's much more effective at a coffee table in a coffee shop, at, at well, yeah, in a duck blind at a deer camp. Yeah, it's Je- much more effective. Jesus than- wasn't saying, "Okay, now evangelism time. Go make <laughs> disciples of all." No, he meant for the rest of your life, <laughs> whether you're on a ship that's fixed to be wrecked or you're going, you're making tents. I'll send you to a community. I mean, they just did it that just consumed them 24 7 and yeah. that was what their ministry is which i was under the impression based on what i read that i'm in that same camp beginning in jerusalem in judea samaria 
and to the ends of the earth. And by the way, that's that's that go sound, worldwide, and that sounds pretty clear. And that's exactly what they did not do. That's they right. stayed in Jerusalem. Well, I'll right. tell you this: out <laughs> it, for it's... ten years before he said, "No, I meant go." And so then he ran them out of yep. Jerusalem. Let's I mean, ta- had... Hang on, Jess. Let's take another break. I've had hundreds, if not thousands, of Jesus conversations in Walmart stores and tire shops. And you say, well, how did that happen? You have to look for the opportunity. That's right. And it's not just going to happen. I mean, every once in a while, somebody will say, I hear you're a believer. Will you tell me about Jesus? But that's like one in a thousand. Well, Most it probably of the time, happens more to us because we're well known for what who we are. That's but, true. But for the most part, people aren't known for that unless you talk about it all the time. But well, we, we yeah, have a big yeah, platform. Unless but. you bring it up. I mean, right. if people say, how are you doing? I mean, say, well, I'm going to heaven. They're like, really? Because if somebody is not, they don't believe in heaven and they you're at the Walmart line and they say, how are you doing? I say, pretty well. I'm actually headed to heaven. <laughs> they'll stop what they're doing and look at you That's when not... you say that. The, the conversation will take a turn on that line. Yeah. Because it's, you say, well, why would you do that? Well, we'll just see where the conversation goes. But they asked how I was doing. In that light, I'm doing pretty well. Headed to heaven. I mean, in the insinuation without insinuating is, do you want to come? I mean, it's real life is what I'm saying. It's the Great Commission. It's not just going to – I just don't think it's something you can do once a year and then just well, put it, it in a But you're right, and it's in life. every conversation because we just had a neighbor pass away in my, my Gulf Shores neighborhood, and I was talking to another neighbor and uh, about it, and it was sudden, you know, and so I was like, well, I, I mean, she's a believer. I, I'll, I'll see her again, no doubt about it. He said, well, I hope we do. And I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> and he said, you know? And I was like, yeah. I How said, do you I know? Said, do you, That's a good I, I said, you, do you not know? He said, well, I, I hope. And I said, well, you can, there's, you can hope to the point to know. So that opened the conversation yeah, right. into how you know. And yep. so, you know, that's, but, but again, if you're not having those, uh, the Bible talks about uh, conversations filled with grace and salt. Remember it's yeah. the way Paul. Well, what did Jesus do when he went around? Had conversations. He took everything, everyday things, whether it was getting water out of a well or planting a garden or watching a farmer or, or having a boss distribute <laughs> money. Every or a fig tree or whatever, you know, conceivable idea and function of life. He took it and then tried to show them that he was the son of God and represented the, you know, God is for you. Whatever. I mean, it gets back down to his main mission. He's the one that gave the blueprint. Right. And he he wasn't like going having church meetings. Now he went there, but most of the time he went to a church meet, they ran him out. Yeah. Yeah. We're witnesses of everything he did in the country of, in the uh, country of the Jews in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He will not. Uh, he was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, uh, by us who ate and drank with him. He commanded us to go preach to the people and to testify that he's the one whom God appointed a judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testified about him that everyone who believes in him received forgiveness of sins. He went around said doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So he said, they, he just, matter of fact, this, this, is what, this is what happened. Right. Just passed on down, and they just kept on going with it. Right. Same thing he was doing. Well, I think Al's right, and to your point, Phil. I mean, when he gave that great commission, he was he gave the great commission, but, but the implications of that was what you titled in your lesson, the great community which was all nations coming together as disciples yep, of Jesus, sons of God. Right before he got in there, he said, God, I, I now tr- realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. This is Acts 10, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and who do what is right. So that every nation 
is throughout what they were doing. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, it was it, it was it, go right worldwide, and, and they were so the community in the beginning was so exciting because. They were meeting in homes, obviously, and but then they were also meeting in the temple courts. They're meeting every day. They're they're singing. They're, That's my point, huh? Yeah, it's just it's, it's life. Think about the highest points of your spiritual life. I mean, back when Missy and I first got married. Granted, I was immature, and when you're married, you should do it together. But yeah, you know, we were sharing Jesus with so many people. Our life just got crazy. I studied with people all night, and she was having to work just to, so we could buy groceries. <laughs> and she eat. was all for what I was doing. We were doing things for the Lord. But we started beating every night because, you know, we were just trying to not only bring people to Jesus, and when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, to break that cycle of a rebellious life, you need to fill up your time with something. So yep. we were just like, well, just come over here. I mean, first we were like, Meeting Sunday mornings, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You know, you but, he, you 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 went around doing good. He said, "What you went around?" Well, Meaning that's how you were rolling. But people started coming to the Lord, so we started saying, "Well, let's add a Friday night in here because they were going to the bars, getting drunk on Friday night. So let's they can come to our house, and we're going to get high on Jesus." Oh yeah, we'll play dominoes and cards, and so we did that. Well, then they were like, "Yeah, but what about Saturday night?" Because you know, we, 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 it's another big drinking we, night. Yeah. We were, we just gave the weekend to the devil. So <laughs> I said, come on. So now we're Friday night and we're Saturday night and we already got Sunday reserved, yeah. you know, but then they're like, yeah, but then I got to wake up and go to work on Monday and deal with all that. So I was like, well, come on over Monday night and we'll deal with those issues. Well, then it got to a point where, like, Where's Wednesday well, night? why wait a night before we get to Wednesday? Let's just keep that. So we were going about six nights a week. We were resting on Thursdays, which, you know, we'd try to have a date night on that. But it just, you know, that's just what happened. Yep. It became a daily thing. Well, guess, guess what? More and more people started coming to the Lord. Because we were day after day. I mean, when you read the book of Acts, you were like, it's happening. That's right. This is happening. But yeah. I felt like, well, we're fulfilling the Great Commission. Yeah. And look at the community we're building. And a lot of those are disciples are still around, and they've discipled other people. Let's take yeah. a break. So that's how it worked. And I thought about it. You were talking about opportunity, Jason, in Acts 8. You remember when? the church gets scattered because Stephen had just been killed in Acts 7. I mean, you remember Philip, God says, go down in there and hang out on the road because you're going to have opportunity. He's just standing around the side of the road, and all of a sudden a chariot pulls up with an Ethiopian, you know, eunuch, eunuch who is a who is a high up in Ethiopia for the queen, and he's reading Isaiah 53. And he reads it, and, and Philip says, what are you reading? And so he tells him, and then he says, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Of course, there's no idea. No idea. And he's a Jew, obviously, because he's been to Jerusalem. So the so Philip tells him about, he crawls up in the chariot. They take off down the road. First time they come up on a pothole, he says, well, why, why shouldn't I just get baptized right here? And so he says, let's do it. Yep. And and then that guy went goes on his way rejoicing and the Lord just took Philip whoosh, yeah. somewhere else. Transported him. He transported. So what I'm saying is that's exactly what we're talking about. And you think about community. Here was I guess he was an African yep. Ethiopian asexual. Is that what they I mean, I don't know what all the terms are. Well he'd probably if he worked in the, the court, but, so he'd probably been castrated. When you went yeah. around the queen, yeah, well, I know. The, what is the term now for being castrated, are you an asexual? I well, don't know you, what the... Yeah, well, I mean... You're a eunuch. You're a eunuch. Well, I know, but I was trying to think of a modern word for it. Yeah, that's true. I but I mean, they they're use, different, as as Matthew said, Matthew 19, they're People different. don't use eunuch anymore. They don't use that word. I do. <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. Yeah, now I'm looking to I've never and... heard another person say it besides you. <laughs> well, yeah. it Even is though a, it's in the Bible. It is a Bible word. I thought yeah. that was probably modern, cultural. Y'all are under 25. 
<laughs> I thought it was asexual. Am I wrong on this? No, that's true. If yeah. a person is asexual, so, they're not drawn. I to mean, it. you got to remember uh, the guy, my best buddy outside of family, his son going to college. And when he was filling out the form, I've told this a few times when it came to sex, he had 70 different choices. Back when I was a kid, it was just male and female. But yeah. He had 70, seven zero choices. Oh, yeah. But but my point is the Lord brought the nations together under the Spirit of God in grace, forgiveness, and love. And here's a classic example. This guy, an Ethiopian eunuch, the Lord sent Philip. They're fulfilling the Great Commission. I mean, if that is not a sign that we're all in this thing together, I mean, all these hot button issues here, the Lord had an answer for. It. Yep, I was just looking up synonyms for eunuch, but not not much. That effort. word has passed us by. What says fool? They don't even know what it means. Fool, anymore. innkeeper, alderman, cabin boy. Well, castrate. Can I give you a definition? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Matthew 19 defines unit. It does. It, And I'll give it to you just because some of I hate to introduce this and not finish it. We're way out in left field here. But, <laughs> but I think it's interesting. Because of you. Well, I'm just saying you're the one that, you're the one that said it was the well, great community. It is and, the great I, community. Yeah, that God has assembled through the great commission. And, and he and, wanted that eunuch to, because he sent Philip to specifically, he knew the guy was seeking well, and so you got to remember, Philip and and this altercation was in the same town where Jesus had the conversation with the Samaritan woman. Correct. She had planted the seed, and look at her life. I mean, remember she had been married. Remember the whole town came out when she told him about it. Well, she Jesus. just, you know, he said, don't keep this to yourself. No, she <laughs> went up there. And, told because the Great Commission, and that's what I was getting toward, it's kind of like Jeremiah in the chapter 29. You just can't help it. Once you believe that God is real and Jesus loves you, you're a disciple of his, you have God's spirit, you're part of the greatest kingdom that's ever been, an eternal kingdom, God's kingdom. Well, you just can't help and bring it up. Right. You can't keep that quiet. Because you look around at the misery of our culture. It's Jeremiah 20, verse yeah, 9. And does. you're like, hey. There's a better way. And they're like, yeah, but I'm an Ethiopian eunuch. And you're like, great. There's a story. And watch what, and you read, you say, I mean, no matter what you're. I found out myself with Blaze TV. Yeah. In the woods with Phil. You said, what'd you do? I I would, you'd think I'd be, but the whole time it stayed the same message. I just stayed on message. Jesus died, was buried and raised from the, we did 800 episodes for about three years. Well, that, that you said, well, why we just going forth the Great Commission? That's right. It was it was literally how you live your life, literally. So Jesus in Matthew nineteen, I'm defining unit, or I'm not. Matthew did via the Holy Spirit, but he said because they were trying to trap him. We went through this when we went through Matthew, but he said at the beginning in verse four of chapter nineteen, God made them male and female and said. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So there's a big issue about what happens if they're divorced. And then Jesus said, well, Moses, in verse 8, permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. And he's like, I tell you now, anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. Well, then that scared the disciples. They're like, oh, we got to just stay with them unless... There's some unfaithfulness here. And Jesus replied, because they said, well, sounds like that's better better off just not to marry. Which is what Paul would say later. Yep. Jesus replied in verse 11 of 19, not everyone who can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. Now, here we go. Verse 12, for some are eunuchs because they were born that way. Others were made that way by men, and others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept it should accept it. 
So I would say the definition of eunuch based on that is someone who's not participating in sexual activity due to, in here, there was three reasons that he gave. So the man made you that way. Which that's probably the Ethiopian. He was probably castrated because he worked for the queen. That was their custom. They didn't want anybody Mm -hmm. going after the queen. Paul was probably in the first camp because he said he had a gift of celibacy. In other words, he was asexual, to Mm -hmm. use your word. He wasn't attracted to men, women, or anything else. Yep. And then you have other people. The third option would be they've decided that, you know, they're just going to do kingdom work and they're not going to, you know, get married or, you know, have relations with people. As I told Dan, the eunuch who works for me, I said, Dan, one thing for sure, if you want to be a eunuch and not marry. It's biblical. I said, it's it's biblical. I said, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be a lot cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then you quoted in the verse the man who marries will have many troubles yeah you know. <laughs> well you got to remember we're all married to jesus and i i mean i tell the same people and no matter male or female we're all married to jesus. we're the bride of christ the yeah. church who we are yeah. we are the bride he's the bridegroom yeah he's we're the, bridegroom. the bride and i say the same thing about people you know we have an adopted daughter i mean I tell them the same thing. We all have a father who loves us. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the same principle, and that is a bigger realm than the physical. That's right. What we have here. And so that's why I call it the great community, because it really is a family structure. But look, again, that didn't come from us. That came from God. Yep. He said he was a family structure, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. That's the way he mm-hmm. described himself in the Godhead. So, Oh, look, I walked into a high school class one time, and I said, okay, tonight— Marriage seminar. Well, nobody was married. So they're all looking around, kind of grinning, you know. I was like, oh, you're thinking you're not married. And then I read Ephesians 5. Yeah. I'm talking about you and Jesus. That's pretty good, Jay. Thank that you. got their attention. Could, yeah, it did. Yeah. I'm speaking I mean, to that, some teens next month. I may use that line. Use it. Go mm-hmm. for it. It's like, you better understand marriage right off the bat. You're like, well, I'm not interested. You better be. <laughs> Because when the bridegroom comes back and you're like, oh, no, I, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual eunuch. Uh, All right, so I'm a, I, we're, I believe in as we wrap up here, I'll give you Unashamed Nation. Your assignment is to go read Acts 18. That's where the church started in Corinth. And then go and start reading 1 Corinthians because that's where we're going to wind up. How are we going to do a podcast on First and Second Corinthians and it not be rated R? <laughs> Who says it can't be rated R? Right, okay. That's that's the warning. This for is future. this is a podcast, Jay. This is adult material. <laughs> we're we, under the authority of Jesus Christ. We'll that's make what, it PG. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll be good. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.